many of you know and have been uh, aware for some time now that we have the privilege, we have a family from the midst of this congregation that's had a call from the Lord to go full-time onto the mission field. And uh, it is uh, the Prophet family. And we're going to get to see a little video today about uh, what the ministry is they'll be working with and hear a little bit about how God linked them up and how they're postured at this time. So with no further ado, I'd like to, you want to just watch the video right out the gate and then have you come? Would that be good? Okay, do we got the video queued? Let's do that. Roberts, one of the founders of Children's Health Ministries. I consult with families and admit new children into our malnutrition program. Often as I talk with moms, I realize that they have lost one or more children to malnutrition, to pneumonia, to diarrhea, fever. Often they bring their children to us looking pretty hopeless and assuming they're gonna see another child die. We see two kinds of malnutrition. The first is called marasmus, which is what you see on television, the very skinny children with the big bellies. And we see kwashiorkor, which is a protein deficiency malabsorption problem. And these children are often thin, but have extreme swelling in their arms, legs, hands, even in their faces. I've seen kids with their eyes literally swelled closed. They often leak fluid out of their feet and their legs. These children are extremely ill and much more often they will die. The treatment that we use for malnourished children is called Medicamamba. It's a protein-rich, vitamin-fortified, uh, ready-to-use food that comes in small packets. We give it out based upon the weight of the child. It's enough for them to gain weight and to repair a lot of the protein deficiency damage and vitamin and mineral uh, deficiency damage. Older methods of treating malnutrition that were mostly inpatient in hospitals uh, resulted in a 145% recovery rate. This new product can be used uh, in the home. Most children do not require hospitalization. And we see around a 90% recovery rate. So the results are amazing, and the kids, once they're recovered, usually do very, very well. We began our malnutrition program in October of 2012. We had approximately 40, 45 children in our program at any given time in the first year. By the third year, we were running between 100 and 200 children. And we have continued to expand the program as uh, we have reached into outlying communities and much of that is because families are great about the amazing results that we're getting and much of it is word of mouth. As we have treated more and more children, we understand better and better what the root causes of malnutrition are in Haiti. We've learned that often mothers are malnourished while they're pregnant and in many, many, many cases, the children are never breastfed or they're only breastfed for a week or a month. 
Often children are given solid food as early as one or two days old. These children are malnourished by the time they're a week, two weeks, a month old. We see three-month-old babies that weigh only six pounds. We see six-month-olds that weigh 10 pounds. We see one-year-olds that weigh 10 to 15 pounds. As we understood these causes and these practices, we really felt led to begin a prenatal and infant care program. Health begins at conception, and the first thousand days are the most crucial to the health and development of children. In our prenatal and infant programs, we work to ensure that children remain healthy against the killers of malnutrition and disease that can take the lives of so many children in Haiti. We work with pregnant women to provide blood pressure screening, nutritional support, STD screening and treatment, education, and birthing materials, all with the goal of providing a safe delivery and a healthy baby. We also work with mothers and infants to achieve successful exclusive breastfeeding for the first six months of life. For those babies whose mothers have died or they are mothers are unable to breastfeed, we provide formula to give them the proper nutrition. Many of the women that we work with have already lost numerous infants to malnutrition, pneumonia, and diarrhea. These are easily treatable and preventable illnesses. By preventing babies from succumbing from malnutrition and disease, we're able to ensure children will develop physically, intellectually, and emotionally to their full potential and be able to grow up to lead Haiti into the future. As you have seen, the needed care for Haiti is very great. We have come alongside this community to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to feed his hungry children. We believe that is what he is leading us to do, and we invite you to come to the front lines with us as we push forward his kingdom in Haiti. We need you to become a sustaining partner with us to financially support the needs of this ministry. We need to buy medical mama, we need to buy medications, we need to buy medical supplies, and much, much more. And we invite you to consider how God may be calling you to be part of that. We had the privilege of meeting her. She's a dear, dear lady. Why don't you welcome the Prophet family with me? Come on. <laughs> Timothy, why don't you introduce your family to us, if you will, out the gate? So this is uh, my beautiful wife, Jessica. <laughs> um, this is Josiah. He's the oldest. And... Uh, Right next to Jessica, this is Jacob. He's, of course, the second. And uh, young Benjamin, he's the youngest. <laughs> so um, just, just to share a little bit of our journey to, um, to God's calling to Haiti. Uh, so, you know, maybe 16 months ago, my wife went with a team from from uh, Ponte Vedra and also from the hospital that she works at to go ahead and go to Carfu, Haiti. And, you know, I'm, I'm very supportive. Uh, she's always been interested in that type of stuff uh, as far as missions go. And um, so, I, yeah, go. And um, 
So as she's there, God starts stirring my heart, like, you know, these these young kids there in desperate need, and uh, you know, they need they need people there. And speaking of me and my family, and um, you know, and that was kind of a struggle because I'm not, I never imagined being outside of the United States except for vacation, <laughs> right? Because it, we have it pretty good here, even though things sometimes are rough. But nevertheless, um, and God started stirring my wife as well. Um, um is always a killer. <laughs> um, so, mm-hmm. okay, so we went. We went a few times, uh, three times to be exact. Uh, wanted to just make sure that we were hearing from God. And so we sought some counsel with the leaders that we knew and also through a lot of prayer and throwing, you know, throwing fleeces out there, you know, believe it or not. I, we threw some fleeces out there and we asked God, give us confirming signs. If this is you, God, we kind of need to know. I mean, we definitely don't want to move to the poorest nation on the Western Hemisphere and, and it just being like a whim, right? So he did. He did some pretty incredible things and brought some really incredible people across our path to confirm things, okay? And we brought our, our sons, our two oldest sons, to learn the language in Haiti uh, to see what the culture was like. We don't, you know, just, you know, not to throw them in there, not knowing what to expect. And uh, so that was our journey. Um, as you can see in Haiti, uh, the biggest need is to try to keep these kids alive. If, if they're not getting proper nutrition, their organs start shutting down. Like Mickey was saying, they start leaking, you know, fluids. And, um, so that's, that's, the biggest, that's the biggest thing, trying to keep these young children alive to age, at least age five. Um, a lot of Sierra parents and you know, rhetorical question, could you imagine what it would be like for you not to be able to feed your kids for several days in a row? That's life in Haiti. That's not life in America. And um, thank God, you know, I thank God for that. You know, I'm not coming down on America. I'm just saying, you know, could you imagine? Um, and so that's the, that's the big need, okay? Uh, and... Their need is for qualified registered nurses. They, they need people that are able to take care of these children and take care of these mothers and, and teach them skill, proper skills and, and also how to, you know, I'm going to let Jessica tell you about that part. I'm not a nurse. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to roll around with my words if I try. Thank you. Um, so what he said is, right, CHM is doing a really great job at what God is set them down there to do and um in the past four years as the programs have built up they've successfully recovered over 2,000 kids from malnutrition um one out of five kids do not make it to their fifth birthday in Haiti um 50 percent of all child deaths under the age of five are due to malnutrition and the related illnesses um and so as God is growing the ministry, you heard Mickey, you know, talking about that. 
um, they need they have a desperate need for registered nurses to come down and help run the programs because God is opening doors to do more and more things and so um, the the role that I will be doing is that um, I'll be going down there mastering each program and then taking over sort of an operational um, position so that they can focus on the other things that God's having us do. Um, one of them is we want to um, build up a breast milk bank because the ones that are, they're having to get formula donated or they have to buy it for the ones whose mamas have died. And thank God there's a family member that will come along and take over for the kid, but they can't, you know, feed him. So, but the other thing that's really cool, and it's a question a lot of people ask, and um, it's a legitimate question, is what about birth control? Um, and so we are right now in the stages of planning and doing the feasibility of a birth control program, and the moms are very open to it. They, you know, they don't have much choice. It's not always their choice to have five kids. So um, I'm really excited about all that God's doing through CHM, and um, Timothy is going to have a, a different role, but we're really excited to be able to minister together, and um, he'll tell you about that. Okay, so they are missionaries. They're medical missionaries, and they work a lot of hours, and they see, you know, unfortunately, some of these, some of these young children don't survive, and if you can just imagine you know, the, the toll that that takes on medical professionals and you're trying to save the lives of these children, you know, PTSD. So they need to be ministered to. Um, and so, you know, several years ago, I, you know, I, I felt a really strong call in my life to, to you know, to do, do the work of the ministry. So I went to school for several years and I learned. And, and so it's been laying dormant. And I, I just believe God wants me to minister in the lives of the medical professionals, but not only them, the families that are in Haiti. Uh, you know, and, and it's kind of like a blank wall right now. Sometimes God doesn't always show you everything. It's, you know, go back to that Polaroid picture uh, effect. You don't always see it as soon as the picture comes out, but over a period of time, the picture um, gains shape and form. So that's, that's what that's a function that I will be serving in Haiti. Um, so yeah, praise God, praise God. That so that that's basically what it looks like, guys. Yeah. Okay. Um, Pastor Rob has some information that he'll share with you guys, but I just want to let you know. In the back, we have our our little flyer. It tells about what we're doing, and we have some cards, and we have a website. So we're connected with a missions organization um, that does the logistics and stuff for us. Um, and so uh, there, we have a website through them. So if you guys want to find out more, or if we can put you on our email list, so we can keep connected. I mean, you guys are our family. This is our home base. So um, we want to stay in touch with you. And a really big need is prayer partners because you can imagine the spiritual warfare in Haiti um, So uh, and missionaries. I mean, there's a lot of spiritual warfare, and, and you can also sign up on our little thing to say you'll pray for us, and we may send out a text blast or an email blast and say, hey, we got this baby who's going to die today if we don't get him you know, this or that, or, or, hey, you know, our car broke down. You know, whatever it is, um, we really would appreciate if you guys pray for us, and we'll be praying for you guys, too. Praise God. Excited for them. 
All right, we're going to bless our kids. We wanted our kids to hang out in here uh, to hear that. We want the seed of missions in our children. Amen. And um, praise God. So come on up, kids. We're going to bless you and send you off to your class. So good to see you all. Why don't you stretch your hands out toward them? We like to bless them as they go. Father, thank you for the great uh, privilege of having these young lives in the midst of this congregation. Lord, thank you that they're not here by accident, but providence, Lord, has called them out and unto the purpose of God for their life. And I thank you, Lord, that while here, they are encountering you firsthand. I thank you for your presence that is touching each of them in a very special and unique way. I thank you that you know each of them by name, and you are calling their name. And I thank you for their, them being able to respond with an open heart to you. We bless them today as they go to learn of you. May their hearts be open to receive all that you want them to have. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you guys and gals. Praise God. Well, I want to spend some time this morning talking about what's... Uh, happening with the prophet family, but not only with them, with us as a congregation. And I want to talk a little bit about the Great Commission. And then uh, at the end of this, uh, I'm going to give you all an opportunity to invest in them should you have a, a nudging in your own heart and in your own spirit to do so. And I tell you, it's a privileged moment for us as a congregation to partner up with them. And um, so if you got your Bibles with me, have you to go to that oh so hopefully familiar verse in Matthew's gospel. Matthew 28, praise God. And uh, we're going to begin in verse 18. Matthew 28 and verse 18. This is often referred to as the Great Commission. Jesus' words just prior to his ascension to the Father. And here, Jesus, it says, uh, Matthew 28, 18, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let me just say this to you, prophet family, while I've got it on the screen here. God says all power and all authority belongs to him in heaven and in earth. And on that basis, you go. Amen. And then he finishes the thing up by saying, Lo, or behold, I am with you always. You need to let that word just be seared into your heart. He has all power and all authority, not 
a part of it and the devil's got a part of it. He's got all of it. And he says, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Praise God. That's a good word and it's good news. <laughs> Amen. The context of that is to those that are going. It's a people who are going. We're going to get into this idea in a minute because though you may not physically go, you can still go. You can be a part. And that's the, the grace that God's given. All power, all authority is attached to the commission. It's attached to the assignment. It's in the context of the mandate. Amen. And so here he's saying, I want you to go. You know, in, in the church world, we, we use a lot of words and sometimes we don't know where they've come from or what the original intent was of the word. But I want to just take a little time initially and just kind of point out this, you know, this, this term we often use, Great Commission. It's kind of a sad point. I have to make it. Uh, I've made it before, but it's a sad point. There are some research studies that show that 75%, 75% of modern Christianity, you talk to poll somebody in, in the church, 75%, could not adequately tell you what the Great Commission is. 75%. That is bad. That's really bad. We need to know, there's a dear brother, uh, Dr. David Shibley, wrote a book called A Force in the Earth. He had this statement, it's worth noting. Any church that is not vitally involved in missions forfeits its biblical right to exist. Any church that is not vitally involved in missions forfeits its biblical right to exist. You could spin that phrase and turn it into a positive and say, any church that is vitally involved in missions has an absolute reason to be here. Amen. An absolute purpose for existing. The Great Commission. Jesus' marching orders. You know, these are the, this is what he chooses to talk about as he's ascending, you know. He's getting ready to check out and he says, here's, here's your assignment. Don't ever be confused. I hear people say, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be doing. Here it is. Pastor, I don't know what to do. Here it is. Now, I realize you might not go full-time on a mission field, but this is the assignment, and you need, to, and I need to find my place in this movement that Jesus left us to accomplish. Carry the gospel to the furthest parts of the earth, beginning at home and abroad. We'll get to there. 75% of people can't tell you what the Great Commission is. May that never be said of this local church. That one, that would be on me. <laughs> that would be on me if you couldn't tell someone what it is. The Great Commission, it's Jesus' mandate. It's his commission for the mission that heaven has set for us to be involved with. We use words a lot like mission, personal mission statement. A church has a Mission statement, but tell you, this word mission flows out of the commission or the great mandate from God. So we could say it this way, all mission, personal mission and corporate mission should be attached to the great commission. Are you with me? 
It, it should somehow attach itself to this great commission from Jesus. It's great because there's nothing more important. It's not the mediocre commission. It's not the nice commission. Come on. It's the great commission. Mission. How do you individually fit? You know, when I think of my life's mission, what do I'm supposed to be doing with my life? And then I hold it in light of the great commission. I have to ask myself, how does what I do with my life affect? And how will Jesus judge my success at the end of it all? Can I map my activities to his mandate? Is there, any, is there any connection or is it just me trying to be happy along the road of life and one day I die and go to heaven? If it is, time for adjustments. Time to hear God's voice. There's nothing more fulfilling and satisfying than knowing that you somehow are playing a part in Jesus' desire for all the earth to be saved. Missions, plural, not just my mission, but missions, plural, really is something that would be a nice way of defining that would be all the activities that are necessary to carry out the great commission. So missions involves a lot of different things that pull together to that end, to see the world disciples made and people brought to God for eternity. So then we use this word missionary sometimes, missionary. And missionary, really, it's an interesting word. It's a Latin-based word meaning a sent one, one who actually is sent out into that harvest, okay? And we understand that not everybody physically is sent out as the prophet families are getting ready to do. But to be sent ones, missionary, is a really, really important principle. Anytime a nation, I can't tell you who quoted, who said this, but I read it recently. Anytime a nation ceases to send its sons and daughters to the mission field, that nation will begin to dry up and die from God's perspective. So though not everybody's called to be a cross-cultural missionary, everybody is called to missions. Let's get that one straight. Come on. Pastor, I'm not called to missions. Oh, no. Yes, you are. You are absolutely called to missions because Jesus said as he was leaving, here's the plan, right? Here's the plan. What are you going to do? How are you going to fit in? You might be sent like a missionary, or you might be a sender who gets behind in a lot of various ways to that one. But we all have the same assignment. Go into all the world. Bring the good news. Make disciples. You know, before Jesus left he did some important things actually part of it he did shortly after his departure amazing what you can do when you get out of the way and you move and let the spirit of god move and jesus understood that principle jesus birthed the church john 20 and 22 
Jesus commissioned the church, Mark 16 and 15, and Jesus empowered the church to carry out the assignment, right? So he birthed it, he commissioned it, and then he empowered it and said, now go do it. What's your excuse? You've been born, you've been given an assignment, and I've given you the resources you need to get it done. It's all there. It's yours now. And now the church's role is to figure out their part, individually and collectively, in that great assignment. You know, there's some confusion. I can say this as a pastor as it relates to how much energy budget from a local church effort how much do you steer the local church toward the mission field over the years i have to tell you when we changed the name of this local congregation from living waters christian fellowship to living waters world outreach center it created a little ruffle for some it just did because christian fellowship is nice come on i like to be a part of a christian fellowship it's a place where we fellowship and we enjoy each other and we're enriched through one another in times of worship and study and and it makes me and my family healthy and well and those are all extremely important nothing wrong with that please don't mishear me here but what is a healthy church supposed to do <laughs> you know why be healthy if you don't have something to do with your health oh, i'm just healthy but i'm not moving Hate to mess it up. Come on, health is for a reason. Strength is for a reason. So when we heard this word from the Lord that we weren't to be just a Christian fellowship, thank God that we are one of those, but that should not be the defining thing about who we are. We were called by God to be a world outreach center. And when we began to speak that, little teeny church on the side of the road, what a bold thing to say. Amen. Amen. Just had to say it right through all the naysayers. I don't have the numbers today. I probably should have. It would have been probably kind of interesting to go back and see how many thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars we've sown into the nations and how many teams we've taken all over the world from this place. In fulfillment of what God called us to do, he gave provision to do, and he is still giving permission to do. It's awesome that out of this place, living waters would flow to the uttermost parts of the earth. That was the vision. But you run into this contest, and the contest is Acts 1 and 8. You know, Jesus is there, and he's giving instructions to his disciples. Let me just read it to you, and I'll clarify a few important principles as it relates to our mission and mandate from the Lord and the practical side of how we are to engage in this. Acts 1 and 8, Jesus speaking to his disciples, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And so often what happens is when you hear this verse, now this is Jesus saying, listen, you're going to be my witnesses. By the way, this Greek word uh, witness is the word martyr. <laughs> yeah, 
Don't worry, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have to die physically, although if you did, it would be your greatest privilege. It does mean, though, that there is sacrifice involved. Come on. And you will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses. And where people get hung up is that it's supposed to be Jerusalem first, then Judea, once we get Jerusalem kind of subdued and conquered, then we'll go to Judea, that next outer ring, that next region, if you will, outside. And then, you know, Samaria will get way out there. We'll get way out there now where there's, you know, a little more issues and stuff. And finally, one day, when we've got all this other stuff put in order, then we'll go to the uttermost parts of the earth. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, you know, Pastor, our mission field is our community. And I have to say, amen. It is. But that's not, if that's the total size of your mission field, you missed the Great Commission. It's not just your community, and it's not, it's not this one and then that one. It's this one and that one. You see, the text says Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth simultaneously. Simultaneously. It is true if you've just birthed a, a, a congregation somewhere and you want to get that congregation established. Listen, give them something to go for. As the saying, I, Pastor uh, Dr. Jerry Williamson has made this such a powerful statement, but that the church that has a vision to shine the farthest will end up shining the brightest at home. Come on, if we were trying to create a light bulb that was bright enough to reach Africa, how bright do you think that light bulb would be if you were right up close to it? Come on, woo! A church that's got a vision for far out will be a church that's burning bright right at home. It won't diminish the ministry at home. It'll embolden, come on, somebody talk to me today. It'll embolden the ministry at home. Statistics show that congregations that are missions-minded win more people to Christ than those that are not in their communities because it's a spiritual thing. There's an anointing and a grace that propels us. It moves us to reach the disenfranchised, the blind spiritually, and the needy. So it's not supposed to be either or, or then we'll get to it once we've done this stuff. It's supposed to be simultaneous Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. And that's been a model that we've tried very sincerely to honor. Most all of you know that we've been blessed with great local ministries. We have Faith Christian Academy, which has been a huge ministry to this community. God only has the records, you know, of how many people have actually been touched, ministered to not only children, but families, extended families. It's amazing. I hear testimonies to this day from years ago that God has done, and it continues to grow and to flow. It's been a beautiful local ministry. We believe in touching our community. Don't let anybody ever tell you that all we think about is out there. No, no, we're doing a lot, a ton right here, okay? Five days a week, 180 some odd days a year, you know, seven and a half hours a day. I mean, kids are getting the gospel, they're getting discipled, and that's the mandate. Don't just get them saved, disciple them. Raise them up, right? 
prison ministry, Pastor Bob and Dan and others that have participated in the prison ministry, Trail Life. There's all kinds of wonderful things locally that we're doing, and we plan to continue ministering to our community with great fervor, but not at the expense of not reaching the nations because that is the mandate, the uttermost parts of the earth. So we said this in the beginning, that this Great Commission thing, it's Jesus's plan for us. It's what's burning in his heart. And if you love Jesus, you know, it's kind of like David's mighty men when David is in, in a certain stronghold and they happen to hear David the musings of his heart, and he just says, oh, I wish I could have a drink of water from the well in Bethlehem. And there was enemies around that well at that time. The Philistines had encamped there, and three of David's mighty men just happened to overhear what he said, and they didn't even ask permission. They didn't ask permission. You know what they did? They said, that's what's in his heart? Then that's what we're going to do. And they, among themselves, for love of king, come on, for love of king, they said, let's figure out a strategy. We're going to break through a bunch of soldiers to get a drink of water from a well. Talk about extravagant. Talk about extravagant love, extravagant demonstration, all because they heard something that was in their king's heart. You know, if you can't hear the king's heart in these words, go. The whole reason I died, the whole reason I came was so that that could be harvested. And because of that, if you love me and you appreciate me, then something in us, lovers of the king, should say, let's get on with it. Come on, let's get on with it. Let's get doing this thing that our king has declared to be his desire. Let's say it this way. His desire is our assignment. You want to know what your assignment is? His desire is our assignment. And I love these three guys. I, I'm, this isn't even in my notes, and I should, probably shouldn't even go down here, but I love these guys because these guys are so not religious. They're so not bored in nominal Christianity. These guys are saying, let's go bust through a camp of soldiers and get a drink of water for the king. Let's go do something. These guys are pushing outside of the, come on, we have got to shake ourselves out of the mediocre Christian experience this nation has often, and we've got to say, God, there's something more, and I want in. And I want in for the right reason, which is love of the king. So if that's the call, and that's the mandate, how is it? that we each find a place. I don't know how those three guys developed their strategy, but you know, I have to assume that they thought over the, the obstacles together, and one of them said, I'm the water drawer, and one of them said, I'm the one that's gonna fend off the guys on the right, and the other, I'm, I'm, whatever, they had a plan, come on, right? They went in and they got it done. So the question is, where do you fit? Where do I fit? in this initiative that's heaven-breathed? Where do we fit? So as I said before, you're either sent physically out there or you're a sender. Let me give you a very important passage of Scripture. I encourage you to write it down. And for your own meditation and consideration, 
meditate on this because this will help you and I as it relates to finding our spot in this tremendous invitation to participate. I don't ever want to hear anybody ever again in this congregation, this is a strong word, hear it though, say, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life. I don't ever want to hear that. You might not have the specific detail, but don't be confused about what you're called to. You're called to bring the good news to the world. And there's so many ways you can get involved. There just is. Don't minimize those things that God puts in your heart to do. Romans 10 and verse 14 and 15. This is the Apostle Paul and he's speaking and as he often did as the Apostle and the father of many of these congregations, he was teaching them so that they could gain understanding. Why do you think that mattered? Because he was wanting people to be able to engage. And it's very clear that without some instructions and some basic knowledge, we just kind of do our own thing and we end up fighting against each other and we get confused about things. But Paul makes it real clear here concerning the gospel message and how it's going to get to its intended audience. Romans 10, 14, How then will they, that's the lost, call on him, that's Jesus, in whom they have not believed. And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not or never heard? And how are they, the lost, to hear without someone preaching? That's the missionary or the sent one. And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. The good news. Let me tell you what good news looks like in Haiti in the light of this particular ministry. Good news looks like your baby not dead. That's how good news starts. You know, many times the gospel message is powerless without a practical demonstration of the love and the mercies of God. It just, it just doesn't mean a whole lot, right? When you say something and you don't do something to show what you're doing, what you're saying rather. There's got to be a demonstration. So what good news looks like is a live baby as a starting point for the heart to open and somebody to share the love of Jesus with them without any strings denominationally or non-denominationally or organizationally. We're just talking the good news. Come on. Of who Jesus is. Notice the text here, what it says. How, how can people call on somebody that they've never even heard about? You know, you've got to call on the name of the Lord. The Bible says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you never call on the name of the Lord, you're not saved. But how can they call on him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless somebody tells them? And how can somebody tell them unless they're sent? Sent. So we have two real important points here. There are those who go, the sent ones, 
and those who send them. So you can see you're, you're in one of these two groups. We're just going to make it super simple. It's so good. We're going to just kind of get it down as simple as we can here. You're in one of two groups as it relates to the big great commission. You are either one who is sent, like what's happening with the prophet family, or you are one who is sending. You can, I got two amens. I think actually one and a half, but I, I felt somebody wanting to say amen and they didn't quite get it out. It's real simple. Come on, one big assignment, the Great Commission. How are people going to believe and call if they don't hear? And how can they hear and say somebody preaches and tells them about it? And how can they do that except somebody sends them to do it? You see, it's not just, you know, some people just went and some people were sent. Went doesn't get it done. Sent gets it done. Sent on a mission, sent with a purpose, sent with a family that's standing with somebody to see it happen. It's the church's job, not the missionary's job alone. I'm getting three amens now. We're getting momentum. We're starting, this thing is starting to move. Praise the Lord. Come on. Am I saying what the Bible says? Come on. Am I teaching from the Bible? Are these my words or Jesus' words? Come on. This is the scripture. This is our reason for existing. Any church that is not vitally involved in missions forfeits its biblical right to exist. Amen. Thank you. May it be noted, Aaron said, Amen. <laughs> Sent ones and senders. Sent ones, we, that's where we get our word, really, uh, that's related to the Latin word missionary. Sent ones. Senders, those are those who reach the world by supporting in prayer, finances, and overall love for those that go. You know, you step out in a place, a foreign culture, a foreign nation, and, you know, there's nothing like knowing you're not alone. God's got your back, but you've also got a family in a very practical way that's standing with you. So we have senders and sent ones. Which one do you think is most important? Do you think the sent one is most important or the senders are most important? What do you think? You think they're equal? Yeah, I mean, think about that. Just, that's a real practical, simple question, but what do you think? So if we, had, if we just had sent ones, but no one to send them, they don't reach their target. That was my sound effect for... An airplane running out of gas, okay? <laughs> Down she goes. Right. Got to have someone. But, it, but if you have senders, oh, we love missions and we're willing to stand behind, but nobody's willing to go. What good's that? Hey, nothing good for that either. So really, both of these, I think most would agree, are equally important. What they're doing and what we get to do are equally important. Would you agree with that? I do. I think it's, it's pretty straight up, pretty simple, and straightforward to see. So I'd like to do a little skit. Anybody into a skit? We haven't done a skit, and I don't even remember ever doing one maybe once. Okay. Need eight people. Need eight volunteers. Come on, give me eight volunteers. Promise I won't embarrass you. Come on. One, two. Come on, Jess. Three, four. Now I'm going to have you guys sit still. You already volunteer. You're, we're going we're to you'll get your chance in the skit. Trust me. 
One, two, three, four, five. I need three more people. Come on. Here's one, two, and three. Got him, Becky. Sorry. One, two, three. Hey, well, a couple of you young guys want to come? Let, let, let Christy sit down and let some of these young guys come on up. Come on, both of you. No, no, it's all good. No, no, we still need eight. I, I love to have young guys involved. That's awesome. We got to get, we got eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Awesome. All right. Huh? <laughs> got them? All right. Now I got to get my little cards out here. All right. Bill, you should have come up here because I got one of these that's a plumber. Okay. You just hold that just like that. There's my, oh, I can't do that because you're a girl. Do they have female plumbers? Yeah. All right. Was that a sexist? I felt stabs in the back. Whoa. I could feel that. <laughs> Woo! Okay, hold on. Okay, you're going to be my homemaker. Okay, hold on. You're going to be my truck driver. You're going to be my doctor. Okay. You're going to be my pastor. You better act good now. You're going to be a banker. Everybody wants to know you now. And then you two are lost. Now, now, wait a minute. Don't get mad at them. Come on. Okay. So, Christine, what I need you to do now, I need you to go stand all the way in the back, back there behind Dan, and just kind of stand there. And don't, here's your assignment. You don't leave until I tell you. Got it? All right. And then, Christy, I need you to get up here, right back there. You're lost, and you're back there. Okay, you all come a little bit closer together here. She's lost in the choir. Okay, so now, <coughs> these lovely people represent, okay, a congregation. They're just a congregation like you and me. All kinds of roles sitting out here right now, right? You all have different functions and jobs and so on. So here they are, and it's just a beautiful congregation, and they have a heart to win the lost. And so at, at a local level, they start working together and praying together and doing things together, and they want to reach out, and they want to get somebody saved. So they develop a strategy, and they find this gal, and she looks real lost, and she's back there, and they decide they're going to reach out to her. So a couple of you reach back there. Come on, go back there and grab her and bring her on up. Go get her. Yeah, got to bring her. The banker, that was awesome. The banker led her to the Lord. Isn't that great? Amazing. Praise God. Awesome. Get saved. The whole place lights up. Somebody gave their heart to the Lord. Come on. Woo! Yay. Get her in front of the congregation, introduce her, baptize her, start her in a discipleship class. She's in. Glory to God. She's a part of the family. And so church is doing great and just thinking about who else they can get and who else they can reach out to. And they're just using their, their, their particular stations in life, wherever they work. You know, your, your, your work assignment is your, often your platform for ministry. So they're just where people are. They're out doing where things are happening. That's an awesome thing. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, the plumber, Jessica the plumber, who works for her dad, feels a call to the foreign mission field. Now spin your thing around missionary she's got this thing that's burning in her and she's like hi i just pastor i don't know what to do with this and so she uh decides that she's going to go for it she's going to make the leap i just want to get down here because i gotta i gotta ask you some questions before you go out and so you know any any uh reasonable person getting ready to 
confirm somebody's missionary calling is going to make sure that they're ready for the cost. Okay, that they're ready for the cost because it's a big deal to leave all your stuff and go. So a little interview process, going to talk to her about what she's feeling, how she's moving here. And uh, so here's your, everything I ask you, all you do is say yes. Okay. That's all you, no, not okay, yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. just yes, okay. <clears throat> so I heard you want to become a missionary, is that true? Yes. Uh, didn't you go to college to get a business degree? Yes. Hmm. Didn't you just get a new job offer with a really good pay increase? Um, actually, she can't be heard on the internet, can she? We probably got to get her a microphone. Come on. I want to make sure they can uh, participate in this. Hey. <laughs> oh, yeah, we should have had a saved sign on that now. Sorry, my bad. It's a blank slate. You're clean. It's a new beginning. There you go. Okay, blank, new fresh start. There you go. Uh, so you're willing to give up all of that to go on the mission field? Yes. Hmm. Didn't you just buy a piece of land where you were planning to build a house? Yep. Hmm. And you're willing to give that up too? Yep. Hmm. Don't you have three young children? Yeah. <laughs> she was hesitant on that one. <laughs> that was hard to get out. And you're willing to raise them in a foreign culture? You realize they won't grow up near their grandparents or their other relatives. Yes. Mm. You're willing to make that much of a sacrifice? Yes. Mm. You have a good church, don't you? A good church family? Yes. Mm. And you're willing to give all that up? Yes. Wow. Amazing. You must really have heard from God. That's amazing. On a scale of 1 to 10... On a scale of 1 to 10, how would you grade her commitment? Yes. 10. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to them. <laughs> On a scale of 1 to 10, most would agree to leave all that behind is a pretty high commitment. Right? Now, we've already said, think about this. We've already said that both the sent one and the senders are equal in their importance. Correct? That one without the other is, it won't work. It's ineffective. So how is it that we can succeed if we have sent ones operating on a 10 level of commitment and senders operating on a 2? That's a pretty sober thing, isn't it? That's a pretty sober thing. Okay, you all can hand me back my things and you can sit down. Thank you. Yes, give them a great thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Awesome, Pastor. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 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 we forgot somebody. Oh, we forgot somebody. Oh, wait a minute. No, no, I didn't, I didn't tell you. We got that person out there on the mission field. That's that country out there that's yet to be reached. And I'm sorry, we're not quite ready to get to you. You'll have to wait. That's our two. 
That hurts, huh? Okay, come on. You can sit down. <laughs> I know that's a pretty searching uh, skit, but I think it's pretty pointed. Wouldn't you agree? Thank you, Christine. Do you, see, do you see the reality of what we just did? Do you see it? Do you see it in the context of the Great Commission? Do you see the cost attached that it takes both senders and sent ones? Do you see all of that? And do you see the fact that they're gonna ha we're going to have to operate on an equal level, whatever that means to each of us? Let me tell you what. This family right now is having to adjust their entire lives. They have sold things and put it in storage. They are living with a gracious family. Mike and Shauna have opened their home for a few months while they're gearing up to go. And they're getting ready to change up and go out in answer to the call of God. And I tell you, we're honored and blessed that out of this local church, this dear family would take the step and go answer the call. We are. We're honored and we're blessed. We really, really are. <laughs> right on. They had to change up a whole bunch as sent ones. And I believe God's asking us to consider changing up some stuff as senders. Now, what does all that boil down to? If anybody that knows me knows that I'm not some slick guy asking for money. Slick doesn't even stick on me. Let me tell you what. <laughs> I've tried slick and it won't <laughs> stick, okay? That's just how that is. But... Uh, <laughs> Makes me more slick. <laughs> oh, you're good, man. God is the judge of it all. <clears throat> but I am unashamedly and without apology. I'm going to ask you all to consider partnering with this family financially. Amen. Without apology. Because of the cost. And because of the honor. And because of the mandate from heaven. And because of God's plan for our lives in this place. I'm going to give you a chance today if you want to give something into a startup budget for them. And then there's an opportunity, and you may want to go home and pray about that. There's no pressure here, but there's an opportunity to get involved in a monthly basis to stand as supporters with this family from our local congregation who's going to be in Haiti saving lives, come on, and not only physically saving them, reaching them with the gospel. That's a powerful, powerful, and a beautiful thing. So... Um, Here's how we're going to do. We're going to just keep it super simple and going to give you, we have some envelopes that are made out. They've got their name and their information and all their stuff on there. There's a couple boxes you can check for one-time gifts or monthly support. Uh, in the printing, there was an error on the printing. There should have been a box that provided an other slot, like a dollar amount that's not currently listed on there. Anything that you choose to sow or give into this family is greatly appreciated, and I believe it's real fertile soil. Amen. Whatever it is. Yes, you have a question. Uh, can I just say something? Sure. Really quickly. You got to do it in the microphone, though. Okay. Because you are just a I just wanted to share this because uh, last <coughs> night, you know, my husband and I went out for a nice dinner and we thought, oh, you know, happy Valentine's Day, smooch, whatever. Okay, so, um, <laughs> that's all the detail we need. Thank you. Okay. But this is what God said to me. If You know, how many of us are willing to b make a meal for someone who's sick or whatever? But w what God laid on my heart is what if we pledged a meal for the prophets mm. 
Like one day, like what if we paid for your food for one day a month? Hmm. So there's 30 or 31 days in a month. What if 30 people pledged to buy their food hmm. for one day a month? Hmm. That's nothing. Right. I mean, we would easily go to the store, bake a casserole and a dessert and a salad and whatever, and drive it over to somebody's house and whatever. But we can do the same right. or more yeah. for them in any, you know, whatever God lays on your heart, but it's a meal. Right. It's so true. You know, I was thinking, you know, how much money, thank you so much. I was thinking how much money we spend just on cups of coffee <laughs> at, uh, you know, the with the added espresso, put me two in there, you know, whatever we do. How you, when you, think, you step back and add that stuff up. And you think what it would be to just adjust your life some. And every time you make the adjustment, you think about them. And you pray for them. And you say, Lord, let their efforts be what, what they are. So, <coughs> hold up, sister. I was born overseas in a quote-unquote underdeveloped country. And I moved from one underdeveloped country to another all for 17 years. That was how I grew up. Uh, my brother was born. My sister was born in a different country. My brother was born in another country. And it was a wonderful life. <laughs> and um, the cultural experiences so enriched my own life that I thank you for the broader scope. It enlarged me to, to help to adapt to cultures and to, to, to meet people from all different countries around the world, which in turn has given me uh, a platform for God to send me out to, to be a suitable companion to my husband to go overseas and be able to relate, eat strange foods, sleep in not so good places, uh, maybe travel in unair conditioned vehicles or uh, you know, on and on and on, the things that we dread as Americans, um, not having these wonderful supermarkets like Publix to go to all the time, having to go to different places or the markets different times of the, of the week. But it was so wonderful, and I thank God for that upbringing uh, because it stretched me. It, it, it put the nations of the heart of the world in my heart and my vision is a, is a large vision and I think what you're doing is wonderful I think your children will have a wonderful time in Haiti they're not going to be these poor deprived children you know they're going to be so more enriched spiritually and in the heart they're going to grow up with a compassion they're going to they're going to be used by God. Amen. God's going to mold them, and, and, and out of that experience, they will be able to speak to their peers here in the States when you come back on furlough, or wha if you ever come back, I don't know. Uh, but uh, they're going to learn a whole new language, which is awesome. And uh, God's just going to really increase you all. Amen. You know, your vision, and he's going to enlarge you, and... You're going to feel, and he's going to give you his love in a very special way. You know, in Song of Solomon, it says, um, you know, I, wa I want you to go to the vineyards with me. There will I give you my love. In the vineyards, you're going to one of the foreign vineyards that belongs to the Lord, and you're going to find yourself falling in love with Jesus in a, in a most incredible, wonderful way. So go for it. Amen. Don't be afraid. He's with you. 
He's given you power and authority over all those devils there. And you're going to see miracles happen. Amen. Okay? Awesome. <coughs> yeah, let me just state a couple things, very practical things, so that if you're uh, interested in knowing these kind of things. Um, they're working with an organization called C10. And uh, it's a missions-based organization that helps provide covering for them. We'll also be providing spiritual covering for them. But they help with a lot of the logistics. They have ways of staying in touch to make sure that they're safe and they have needs and stuff like this. It's a support base from very seasoned missionaries along the path. So that's a really great thing to have in place. They're not out there just all hanging by themselves or even with us just you know here praying and sending some support money to them. They've actually got the wisdom of years and counsel and people that are there helping them be effective and accountable. They'll make periodic visits and be there. I hope to be able to do the same uh, along the way. And uh, so they got all that stuff in place. The time of their launch is really in the hands of the Lord. One of the requirements this organization they work with has is that they need to raise 100% of their budget prior to launching so that they're not just launching out there wherever they've set their budget. We've gone over their budget with them. We've talked about it. I talked to uh, Dr. Jerry Williamson from Go to Nations about their budget and about the realities of that, and he's confirmed the needs and such. So they're queued up to go, and now they're just in this posture of, God, here we are. We've got out of our house. We're living with somebody. We've sold our stuff. We're answering the call, and we're waiting for the seas to part. Amen. And part of that sea parting is your wallet parting. Amen. Glory to God. Is that slick, brother? <laughs> that, that, that felt a little slick. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm, t I'm serious about it. I just, I believe, and it's not all on us. It's on God. But God wants us to do our part. Amen? Just find our part and be a part of whatever God is doing. So in a real practical way, we have some envelopes. They have all their information on them, although you're not going to get to keep the envelope. You're going to fill it out if you want to be. Just all you feel led to do at this time is be a part of praying for them. There's a little box. Put your name on there and check it. You want an email and that's all you're ready to do right now? Then just do that. You can give a one-time gift right now. Give it. You're ready to commit to a monthly thing. Do it. Whatever you can in your heart. But uh, I'm going to ask. We're going to pass these out. <coughs> Praise God. I hope you're happy. Come on. This is the good news of the gospel. It's an awesome opportunity. And um, can I get some help? Is that why you're up here? Or you came to get my iPad. You did. Okay, I need two guys. Two, a guy and a gal. Come on. Come on. A lost person who's recently saved. Come here, Christy. Where are you going? <laughs> a lost person who's recently saved. Come on. Uh, thanks. Got it. Yeah, I need one of those. Oh, I got one. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, what we're going to do here is I'm going to have one bowl right up here. And uh, it's the one on the table, not this one over here. And... I just want you to, we're going to pray right now. And listen, please, 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 please. Feel the liberty of the Spirit of God today. There is nobody twisting your arm and putting pressure on you. I'm just here to say, this is an hour of great opportunity for this local church. Father, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for an open heavens. I want to thank you for your spirit that's moving among us. And one of the fruits, one of the ways we know that that's true is because a family right here has heard your call and is willing to take the leap. God, I thank you for that moving of your spirit. And I thank you, Lord, for helping each one of us in this room today and those that would be watching that would also like to participate. Lord, I thank you 
for speaking to our hearts and, and, and just causing, Lord, such a, uh, a partnership in our heart as a part of our worship to you to bubble up, Lord. I thank you for liberty in this room. I thank you for a, a freedom, Lord God, to reach beyond our current boundaries, to do something outside of our own comforts, Lord, to be a part of what's in your heart for the world. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, now for using us in this beautiful way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. What's that? When does this end? When Jesus comes back. Now, how long are they going to be gone? They do not know. Yeah. When the commission ends? I'm not sure if I follow your question, brother. The end of the age, that would be true, yeah. So when does this end, this mandate? Is that the question? When he comes back. Yeah, at his appearing. Yeah, amen. Aaron wants to be sure everybody knows that this is, this is going on until Jesus comes back. So once he comes back, you don't have to send your checks anymore. That's what we're trying to say. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, great question. So today, if you're making out a check... You can make it to Living Waters. Now, if you already made it and you put it to C10, that's okay. Because in the future, if you're doing monthly, it'll go to C10. But today, if you're making a check, if, you haven't, if you've already done it differently, it's okay. If you did it to C10, which says the envelope, that's kind of like for a monthly support thing. If you're giving today, you can just make it to Living Waters. We're going to cut one check to them. We will pass the information on to them so they'll have copies of these cards. Like if you requested their email and the such, they'll get all that information. Okay? Is that clear? Uh, one more question. Yes, you can give to the church, and the church will pass it to them. That's, that's, you, uh, they prefer to send it through C10 because it acts like a, a, the, store, the, the account base. They'll help manage that accounting, and they'll come and go from them. Yeah, I mean, you could. The church is going to send a support to them, but the preference would be. I'm sorry? On the, on the back table, on the back table, you can get a card from them that has all the information on here. Okay, matter of fact, is there enough of them to go around right now? We could probably even just hand those out uh, as well. Can we get some of those cards and make sure everybody's got one just to take it home? Even if you didn't do anything today, you could have that and put it on your fridge to pray for them or whatever. That would be great. Just pass those cards around. That way they'll have that information specific, okay? Wait a minute. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe you could chat with them after and find out. Maybe that would be a logistical thing through C10, I think, but I don't, I'm not sure. I would think there is, but I'm not, I don't know. I don't have the answer, but maybe you can get it from them. Some things become difficult, right? So it would be nice to have a way of actually shipping stuff to them. Yeah, good question. Okay, all right, go ahead, brother. As you're ready, actually, what I'm going to ask you to do is just do what you're going to do, hold it there for a second, and then together we'll come forward, okay? Yeah, put your offering in the envelope.
send me to the harvest It's an ambassador to speak your holy name I don't want to just gloss over what Pastor Rob just said earlier about Mike and Sheena opening up their home, Shauna, for the prophets to come. That's a big deal. And I just felt like God wants us to hear that there are places outside the box, not just going, not just giving money, but there's ways outside the box to bless. And you just be led by the Holy Spirit because that was a big thing. And I feel like I could say this for all of us. Thank you to Mike and Shauna for opening Amen. up their home. Yes, very much so. <laughs> A huge blessing. <clears throat> Amen. Father, I thank you this morning for this place. Lord, you were the one who spoke and said we were to be a world outreach center. And Lord, only you have been able to make that happen for us. And I just want to thank you today that this 
this beautiful family, Lord, and their willingness to go is it's the fruit of your own spirit moving and, and working in their hearts and in this place. And I just want to thank you, Lord, that we have this joyful privilege of sowing into the field where souls are waiting to hear the good news. God, I thank you that as we give, we don't do it aimlessly, but we do it with purpose in our hearts. We do it with a very uh, focused view, with an end in mind of saving lives physically and spiritually. And God, I thank you that as we partner up together, sent ones and senders, Lord, that there would be no gaps between our brooms, that we would push together in such a way that there would come a move of the Spirit of God on the islands of Haiti. God, I thank you that your Spirit and, and the moving of your Spirit, Lord, would happen at a whole new level in that land, that the heavens would be open. There would be a fresh rain of your presence. God, I thank you for it. And as we give now, may it be a sweet smell to you May it bless you because you see our hearts. We do it all for Jesus' sake. Amen and amen. Praise God. Yep. Come on, one last thing. Felt this as we were just praying. But, you know, we had the chance to go to Haiti, some of you may remember. And uh, we put in a water well. And when they did that first pump of water. I wish you all could have heard the people in the village as they gathered around and saw water flowing in their village for the first time ever. They just yelled and <coughs> shouted and it really opened up a wonderful opportunity for us to not only help provide water but to share about living water. But what just came to mind is that we got a chance to meet with the elder of that village They've been praying for years for this to happen. And he pointed to us and said, you're the answer to our prayer. And I just, as we were sitting there just praying over this, I just hear the heart of say, Haiti saying, you are part of the answer to our prayer. You guys are part of the answer that Haiti has been praying for. Not just that their children would live, but they would have real living water. Glory to God. Amen. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Well, come on. Bring your offerings to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Give me your heart, give me your song, sing it with all your might. Come to the fountain and you can be satisfied. There is a peace, there is a love, you can get lost inside. Come to the fountain and let me hear you testify. Same time. Into yeah. the wild, canyons of you. God. Sing it with all your mind. Come to the 
So, amen, and amen, and amen. Come on, give the Lord a clap and a shout. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So looking forward to the testimonies and the moving of God in that place through your life. It's going to be amazing. Amen. And you're not alone. Amen? So we'll, we'll make sure everybody's updated as things progress here and how they're doing with that. I do want to say before we leave, wait, wait, Ed Coop, wait, 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 wait. I, need, I was just getting ready to talk about you. <laughs> and you're just getting ready to leave. I, I got you. Ed and Rosemary had their 60th wedding anniversary last <laughs> Tuesday. I just wanted to say God bless you both so, so much. Such a blessing, such an inspiration. We love you guys. To him be the glory, I know. But we thank God for you too. All right, now you can go. <laughs> God bless you guys. You're dismissed.